A man can't be a burger. Welcome to episode 54 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 4 of season 2. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy podcast, either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. That's for you to decide. To my left, we have Wifer Up Bobby. Yeah, you do. Yeah, we do. And to my right, we have autism aficionado Ian. And, and right-wing constitutionalist, I, I would presume, for this episode. But sure, whatever whatever political stance you want to take. Today, we're going to be talking about indecorous news, as always, all the information you'll ever need for your entire life. We're going to do the indecorous history of capital punishment, and we're going to close it all out with dumb Kentucky state laws. Believe it or not, there are dumb laws in Kentucky. I don't know. If- you can't say dumb Kentucky state laws without saying dumb cunt. That's right. Thank you, Bobby. I I don't like saying that kind of language, but that's what I like about you. You tell it. Uh, How are you guys doing today? Yeah, doing uh, doing all right. My uh, did I tell you my mom listened to the podcast? You did not. Oh my god! So we're canceled. What was her hot take? So she saw, I guess, a post of yours, Carlos, that I had shared. Okay. And she's like, what's this? What are you doing? I'd like to listen to it. And uh-huh. I was like, you would not like to listen to it. You're not going to like it. Don't waste your time. <laughs> so she gave it a listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, I listened to your, you know, and, and I knew it was going to go like this. She's like, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> like, there's just <laughs> disappointment. Disapproval. In- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a very disappointing tone. That's funny. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so you went against everything I said and uh, <laughs> did it anyway. And now she's like, you need to make some nicer friends. Those <laughs> those have dirty mouths. So it's safe to say that your mom's not going to leave us a five-star review on iTunes? Bobby? <laughs> she did not care. She didn't mind the language, Carlos. It was the sexual stuff. That the was... sexual? Did she yeah. get that specific about it? Uh, no, she didn't, but I mean, you know, her. you know, <laughs> yeah. every time what? you try to talk to her about sex, that's how she gets. Yeah, Which episode did yeah. she listen to? Oh, I have no idea. She might've even just listened to the clip that, and that was like a sizzle reel. So well, it got a little too sizzly for her. You yeah. Know like it was a little too hot and sizzly. I, yeah. I, that actually reminds me. I just recently, I've been listening to Tom Segura's got a podcast in Spanish which yeah. you need to get on, by the way. I, yeah, no, I, it's not like I'm turning it down. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't have time for your shit, Segura. I got my own <laughs> podcast to take care of. But I've been listening to it. You know, he's got, mostly he's got comics to do stand up in Latin America, but he's had his mom on a couple of times. And so I went to see my dad recently, who lives about an hour away. And I went there with my mom. And I was like, you know, it'd be funny is if I listened to Segura's Spanish language podcast with my mom. My mom can speak English, but she, you know, she doesn't understand it as well. So I was like, oh, there's, here's a podcast that I can listen to with my mom, even though he's filthy, but whatever, it'll be fun. And it was, so I, I put on, I think it was like the Mother's Day episode that he did with his mom in Spanish. And I'd forgotten, like, I'd, I'd listened to it before, but I was going to listen to it again with my mom. And the first thing he says on that podcast is, ba- in Spanish, he basically says, Happy Mother's Day, 
to the whore that birthed you or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. And Spanish. And so my mom was like, what the what? Who the hell is this guy? Like, so that was not something that I expected to like. Off the bat, she was not a big fan of the podcast. <laughs> that created an awkward conversation. Yeah, just, yeah. I think you eventually. Really think I'm a whore, she, Carlos. Yeah, I think eventually she warmed up because uh, Segura's mom was just as disgusted by him as my mom was. Okay, and so, they got to bond over that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. thank God for Tom Segura's mom, but otherwise he was <laughs> she would not have been much of a fan of his Spanish podcast. Damn, That's dude. funny. That is that is one thing though that I've had the luxury of since I started doing stand up comedy is that both my parents are Hispanic. And they can speak English, but they don't really get references and shit like that. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about them, like, checking out my fucking album or whatever and being offended because odds are they're not going to understand half the shit I talk about. Yeah, huh. yeah. All right, everybody, let's welcome our guest for today. Our very, very, very special guest coming all the way from Texas. Are you in Texas? Yeah, I'm in Austin, Texas. Okay, I always assume you're in Texas. Please welcome Jay Whitecotton. Hey. hey, Jay. Are you from San Antonio or Austin? I was born in Austin. I started comedy in San Antonio. I played music in Austin, so I just say Texas. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, that narrows it down. Well, it's annoying. Like, you start comedy someplace, and suddenly that's where you're from always. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah. 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 So you say you started doing music first? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I'm failing at every artistic medium I can. I'm just working my way down the list. <laughs> did you meet JT through music or through comedy? Haberset. Well, I mean, you're leaving me open to burn him on both sides. Oh, please do. <laughs> well, that's why I asked the question. No, I, I met him. I met him through stand-up because someone that I knew was trying to like get onto his tours, and they were looking for shows in San Antonio. And I was one of the few people who knew how to book and get people shit. So I was a resource. <laughs> you know that thing in comedy where people don't care if you're funny or not, just as long as you can get them a hundred dollars in a shitty town. Oh yeah, for sure. Dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then suddenly you're just everyone's favorite comic. It's incredible. You didn't even yeah. have to tell jokes. Yeah, dude. That's what I tell people. You want you want to make some friends? Just start booking a room. Everybody's going to start contacting you at that point. <laughs> and don't date anyone ever. <laughs> yeah, that's another good idea too. Well, Jay, we start off with the. There's our second season, by the way. I don't know if you knew this, but apparently podcasts have seasons. There's our second. Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's you just count a season as each different wave of COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, we're working our way through infections. Now, with this season, we're starting off, we're taking questions from our millions and millions of fans. And so that's how we're starting out the podcast now. So this is, this is our first question. It comes from Joelle. She asks, do your voices ever crack? <laughs> of course. That's, okay, uh, that's a great question. I actually got COVID earlier this year in January. Oh, and, shit, really? Uh, yeah, I was out for two months. They didn't know what it was. And uh, then it started coming out, and I did the back challenge. Well, anyways, uh, my voice changed. Oh wow! Really? Like while you were sick, or like permanently? I think permanently. It's 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 either that, or I haven't talked to anybody in eight months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was because I was gonna say it's like I haven't talked to like I haven't seen you in person. I don't think since like I think was it when you were doing Nashville with JT and Junior? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been. I, yeah, it's been and forever. It's been a fucking minute, so I was like, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you if your voice is different now from how it was four or five years ago, whenever the fuck that was. 
Well, I, at first I thought I was just getting fat, so I was just out of shape. Uh, <laughs> and then the more I started talking, I realized it's more raspy, and it's actually, I've lost timber in it. It's, it's different. Really? Yeah, I'm actually very scared. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, you know, you remind me, uh, is uh, you ever hear that? That happened to John Prine after he got throat cancer or something. No shit. Yeah, he had like, I forget what cancer he had, but after they did the surgery and shit, like his voice changed. So his, his later albums, he's got a different voice from his early albums. Yeah, Dylan too. Uh, after oh, is that right? Yeah, he, he got in a big motorcycle accident and then his voice completely changed as well. Wow, I don't know. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Was, wouldn't it be uh, hilarious if fucking Tom Waits got into an accident and now all of a sudden he had like a high voice, high pitched voice? <laughs> he was just Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you could kind of get around the healthcare system in this country by just like shaving your beard, but then posting a picture of your neck and then making some ridiculous list about like 25 signs you definitely under no shadow of a doubt do not have throat cancer. And then just <laughs> you publish that. And then if you got anything to worry about it, you're going to hear from people. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's it's that's my favorite Tumblr. Uh, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> it's Tumblr for Jews. Does this look cancer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does this look cancer? That should be the name of my next album. This does this look cancer? <laughs> you know, you know who looks super different now, man, is Andy Sanford, dude. Oh man, yeah, I saw. Oh. I, I was talking to him for a little bit, and uh, I didn't know it was that bad. Like Jesus Christ! I know he what is because I know he's had uh, what is it Crohn's for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just recently like had to have what is it like part of his intestines removed or some shit? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, something gastric. Uh, the last time I talked to him, he was recommending like these Instagram accounts for colorized photos of World War One and history, and hmm. he now looks like one of those photos. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I like what, what was the, the comment that you posted on his Instagram? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, way to shame everyone for their quarantine 15. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> he, I mean, he really looks fucking like when I first saw his picture that he posted, you know, after he cut his beard and all that, I was like, holy shit, is that really fucking Andy? But anyway, if everybody doesn't know Andy Sanford, he's fucking hilarious. We've talked about Andy before. I love his stuff. Yeah, he's fucking yeah. fantastic. Uh, can't get him on the show. Can't get well, him on the I show. Mean, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just fucking... Yeah. Sorry, I can't do your podcast. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. You well, know, I mean, we hear all kinds of excuses, and <laughs> that, well, that is now, the lamest one of all. Yeah, but now we can tell him, a fucking, hey, White Cotton had fucking COVID for two months, and he, got, he yeah. did the show. <laughs> fucking try to get away with you, look like a Holocaust survivor, you can't be on the podcast anymore. For the, way, you know, the way I see it, any disease I can put up with what I already do to my own body, I kind of respect. Yeah, yeah, no shit, dude. All right, there's our second question. If conservatives, oh, see, now we're getting political, but, you know, I got I to gotta ask the question. The fans ask it. If conservatives are being censored or blocked on Facebook, why are there so many of them that won't shut the fuck up? Oh, this is an easy one. The definition of being censored is they're being fact-checked and they're being... Yeah told that the fact checks are in fact bullshit and they think it's censoring but jokes on them i guess yeah basically what they're saying is like hey why aren't we allowed to lie yeah yeah <laughs> honestly my simple solution is i i just don't listen to anybody on the internet oh man in a perfect world yeah <laughs> <laughs> well these are all the same people that start talking about the first amendment after they get fired from their job for screaming the n-word somewhere maybe that's part of the job yeah <laughs> 
I want to see that as a job description. It does depend on the gig for sure. But... <laughs> you know, before they hire you, just put under special skills, really good at saying the N word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm and wondering where they're at. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm applying for uh, this hype man position. Right? <laughs> no, what, what are you what are you work? You're working for T-Mobile at a kiosk. In a... <laughs> no, Boost Mobile. At that point. I'm pretty Moving sure. Up in the world. Hey. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they seem to think that the First Amendment means no repercussions whatsoever. All it means is, you know, you're not going to go to jail for it. Yeah. Every other relationship you have with everybody else can be burned to the ground. I think I think that's like, I mean, that's the logical and the right argument. I think their argument is along the lines of when social media becomes the de facto only platform to communicate, what are the rules now? And I think yeah. that's what we're all trying to figure out. Yeah, I was just talking about one of the popular phrases that, that has resurfaced within the last, well, I guess this year is the silent majority. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is neither. This is neither silent nor a majority. They won't shut the fuck up. And I don't <laughs> think they're a majority at all. No, it's it's never majority. It's always 12 people screaming at 12 other people. And for some reason, they define the entire argument. Yeah, it's yeah. like they think they're the majority because they live very insular lives. So they surround themselves with people that are just as dumb as they are. So as far as they're concerned, the entire world thinks the same way that they do, because whatever group of 20, 30 people that they see every day is also fucking racist Trump supporters. Here's an honest question. I was thinking about this yesterday when people were sharing an Adam Carolla tweet uh, as if it was gospel. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, the people that are sharing this aren't the people that agree. It's always the people that disagree that only spread the message. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that happens a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe when I, you see something stupid online, you just go, oh, that's a stupid thing. And then you just ignore it instead of define your personality by calling out stupid shit. Right. And that's what ends up happening. It's like, and again, it happens on both sides too. like, you know, ultra sensitive liberal people that get offended at something where it's like, I don't think anybody's really that offended. This is just being magnified by the fact that you're talking about why people should be offended or, you know, there's yeah. like, a, yeah. it's the digital, it's the digital version of, oh, this tastes terrible. Here, try it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Cunningham's law, for example, is the one where if you want to find out the right answer to something, you protest the, the wrong answer on purpose, and then they correct you. It's kind of like oh. that, but it works sort of backwards for them because they say the wrong thing, and then people validate them instead because they're living in an echo chamber. Yeah, because yeah. everybody's posting, like, if you don't agree with this, then delete me now. And so everybody's just whittled away at their friend's feed to the same four people that agree with them from yeah. high school. I'm very, I, I gotta admit, I'm very tempted to delete them when they do that sort of shit. But I'm like, I don't know, I still want to aggravate them. Like, I still want to, <laughs> I keep all these idiots around just because I want to fucking needle them as much as I can. And that's why so many of them want to beat me up. I, I just don't take it personal. Some people will try, like on a comment section on Facebook, like I, I posted something about, it was a stupid joke about in the upcoming Civil War, whatever happens, I just hope both teams have fun. Just a simple, <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just, you know, everybody, I just want everybody to have a good time. And, right. uh, you know, I'm making fun of the sentiment, but in the comment threads, I had people going, hey, war isn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How, what do you think I'm going to respond with? Like, it is, it's not? Oh, no. See, dude, what you just said, somebody saying, like, war isn't fun. Part of me just wants to double down and be like, oh, yes, it is fun. And then just fucking go after them by and how right. absurd their fucking point of view is. 
You have to be <laughs> so ridiculous. Like here, here's what I genuinely think is happening. I think people need uh, excitement and the juice rise and nothing is more exciting than someone disagreeing with you online. You start getting like amped up and these people are so, ha- they're having like the best time of their lives being pissed off. And yeah. They're caught up in their own reality and they're stuck in their own point of view and they don't realize that they're kind of being ridiculous, projecting their problems onto to the entire world. And they don't oh, understand sure. that a Facebook post wasn't written specifically for them. So with those people, I will just play with them to the most ridiculous degree <laughs> yeah. to the point yeah, where that... they'll, they'll realize like, oh, I'm being a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. I'll chill out. I'm caught up online. Honestly, I, I could talk about this subject the entire podcast, but we got to move on to our third question. Bring it. Uh, this is from Jess, and I'm just reading these exactly like they send them to me. So I don't even, I'm not even sure what this means, but this is the question. Right. Why are comics perpetual Peter Pans? I think that means like living in a child's like mentality and never growing up. Is that what they're kind of getting oh, at? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. She knows me, so that actually <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's always the woman that's like, oh, why are all these boys just not men taking care of me? <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. Get a fucking job, you loser. Yeah. You I'm a princess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're complaining about Peter Pan's. You just fucking get a life. We only have one fucking life, all right? And it's you can take responsibility for your shit, but if a guy's going out and just enjoying himself with the things that he likes, like he's a 40-year-old skateboarder, who the fuck is he hurting? Yeah, that, I feel the same way. And to an extent, you got to be single-minded about it because just about everything in life is going to try to tell you, hey, this is not a safe way to live your life. What is a safe way to live your life? Who's really doing great? Well, that's the thing, though. I think what they're trying to say is like, why can't you live a life that is more economically stable? But even I in that country, that's no longer economically stable. There's exactly. Only, there's only two jobs that are essential. Like, remember before COVID, when minimum wage, people working at McDonald's wanted a living wage? And we were like, no, you're bullshit. And then one fucking plague later, oh, you're essential. You're a hero. Mm-hmm. Let's fly some fucking $85 million jets over McDonald's to make you feel proud. <laughs> serving fat yeah. Americans who are economically responsible, but actually don't do anything for a living because their job was irrelevant. That's the problem, though, is that if all these comedians like band together, there's going to be a real resource that these regular Joes can kind of point to about guys just having fun and pursuing their dreams, and then nothing's going to get built. No, I think I think if you take an even bigger look at it, like it's not comedians that are infantile; it's an entire culture that's infantile. Where True. comedians weren't the ones going thirties, the new twenty, forties, the new thirty. That was all prescribed by fucking pop culture and uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Something that always bugged me was and not anymore because I fucking I haven't done a show in months. But I would see people post like on social media like ah it's fucking it's finally Friday and it's like yeah. I was like I don't know I'm giving yeah like, all right whatever I guess <laughs> it's like they make this big deal about the fucking weekend where I'm like ah, so you're just suffering your entire week. For these two days where it was, yeah. I'm like, yeah, sometimes yeah. I can't tell whether it's Friday or it's Tuesday. It's whatever. Yeah. And they don't even really enjoy Sunday all that much because they got to go right back into it for fucking Monday. Yeah, morning, they can't you know? enjoy Friday because they're tired from work and they can't enjoy Sunday because they're dreading Monday. So basically Saturday's the only day. Yeah, yeah. they should do comedy so they could be miserable every day. All right, guys, it's time for our opening segment in decorous news. 
This is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. True story. Ian, take us on this first one, please. All right. Our first story, pedestrian shot to death, apparently for crossing the road <laughs> too slow. <laughs> So, you, uh, you, we got we, we, Jay. We got you a pedestrian shot to death. Uh, I got a little excited there. Uh, yeah, I think the laugh came before good. the punchline. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the punchline. I'm sorry. So uh, allegedly, it gets around... even better than pedestrian shot to death. Yeah, no. Like if that want to answer that whole Peter Pan thing, culture went to shit when pedestrians got the right away. <laughs> yes, there you go. They became selfish. They became self-involved. They thought the entire world walked around them and had to pause for them just so they could do their jogging on a crosswalk. Oh, dude, dude, you are going to fucking love this story then. Bring it All on. Right. So allegedly around 7.45 p.m., 12.45 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time, on a dark Alabama night, 29-year-old curling enthusiast, <laughs> Janarian Travis Allen, known as Curl Master JTA by his friends, enemies, and jilted lovers, was crossing the street in Union Springs, a small town about 819 miles south of Paw Paul, Michigan, when he was shot eight times by 22-year-old Jeremiah Wesley Penn, otherwise known as Kitty Kitty Wang Wang. Yeah, so this guy was taking a long time crossing the street, and this other guy shot him. This is the Grand Theft Auto generation gone wild, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. I like that the news had to also let us know that this guy had a hobby. Well, <laughs> I, I, I might have added a few things to the news story. Oh, okay. It's like curling enthusiasts. I'm like, why is that necessary to the story? I mean, he looked he looked like a curling enthusiast. If you saw his picture, I oh, might so be wrong about, sir. I speculate a little bit with these. <laughs> so we lost a pedophile. Okay, move on. <laughs> All right. So police determined Mr. Curl Master had gone to a store to purchase food so his body's needs for nutrients could be satisfied through the consumption of substances that provide energy, maintain life, and stimulate growth. But as he was walking across the road, the alleged murderer, Mr. Wang Wang, apparently drove up and was like, Yo, speed it up with the walking, sweet papa man. I got a life to live. It's 7.45 and I'm going to miss Final Jeopardy. But JTA said, No, not today. I will stand my ground and walk at a pace I feel comfortable with. Damn the cries of this man. Damn his Jeopardy. Yeah. So the guy was like, he was just slowly walking, and the guy's like, nah, fuck you, dude. So here's what I think. Bit short-sighted, because this guy probably got 20 seconds of life back by killing this guy, but he's probably <laughs> looking at 20 to life because of it, so that, that, math that doesn't is, really check out. That's the other part that I was really thinking about, is that imagine fucking spending the rest of your life in jail, and then somebody asks you, is like, why? He's like, ah, I just I feel like waiting for this guy to cross the street. And then on top of that, you got that Final Jeopardy wrong anyway. <laughs> you you didn't win any fake money. <laughs> well, I think what fucked him is he took the time to like get his gun and shoot him when he could have just stepped on the gas. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, dude. I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, you could have just run this motherfucker over. Yeah, yeah. Hit and runs a yeah, it's it's far less. You could always say, hey, I didn't see him. He just jumped out in the street. This guy's a fucking idiot. He deserves to be in jail. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bobby, you can finish it out here. Penn then retrieved what appeared to be a Springfield Armory XD Mod 2 9mm loaded with a stainless steel okay. flush floor plate, seven round pinky rest magazine, and hammer forged barrel for both precision and wear resistance. It is unclear whether the Springfield XD Mod 2 came equipped with a titanium luminescent or fiber optic front 
but it is safe to assume that it has passive grip safety and the loaded chamber indicator that comes standard with every XD Mod 2 manufactured by Springfield Armory, a firearms manufacturer and importer headquartered in Geneseo, Illinois, founded in 1974, and shot Allen eight times. damn, Carlos. You keep flexing <laughs> your gun enthusiasm, technical prowess well, on this I, Well, that wasn't in the story, but I did research, like, top handguns in Alabama. And that's one of them. So I'm assuming that's probably one of the, the what he Wait, used. Dude, are they sponsoring the podcast this week? No, dude. I'm just trying to be as accurate as possible with the and, news stories. Have you heard back from Glock yet? No, no, I haven't. Okay. I don't. I don't think it was a Glock. Do you, do you know what this? Do you know what this reminds me of? Like you remember in Penthouse magazines growing up, like they had stories. Yeah, could, yeah. <laughs> this is like if Guns and Ammo had like a dirty letter section where people were just <laughs> yes, exactly. It would just all be like erotica, but about how they were able to legally defend themselves. Yeah, with like the next page is like mercenaries wanted, like that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, but yeah, it's like the stand your ground section of Penthouse. Okay, come on your ground, I get it. Yeah. Come on your ground. <laughs> stand your jizz. <laughs> all right, close us out, Bobby. Most family members of Janarian Trevez Allen were pretty bummed out about the whole thing and remembered him as a 29-year-old who liked to eat food. <laughs> it's like, man, he just liked to eat food and walk slowly across the street. Yeah, it was curly fries. Yeah. If anybody ever honked at him or gave him a dirty look, you'd go that much slower, man. And that's the story of the Charlottesville protest. <laughs> we were like, man, that's going to get you shot eight times someday. And Dude. Old Janarian, man, he wouldn't listen to shit. I get it, man. I got road rage. I totally understand. Like, I'm all for Black Lives Matter, and I'm all for protesting against cops. But the second you're on the highway, I kind of want to hit you. I kind of want to hit you. I think I've heard Stanhope say that that's why he doesn't have a gun is because he knows that he'll get angry at, yeah. in this car and fucking end up shooting somebody. Easily. <laughs> Easily. And someone I would agree with. Yeah. Dude, going under the speed limit in the left lane for no fucking reason. Gotta go. Uh, yeah. All right. This is story number two, Ian. You got this one. All right, bros. So dinosaur deniers seek to remove T-Rex from Tuscan McDonald's. I think there that's Tucson. Tucson. Oh, okay, shit. <laughs> Tuscan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Italian McDonald's. The Tuscan Raiders. Right. <laughs> Let me take two. Dinosaur deniers seek to remove T-Rex from Tucson McDonald's. There is a McDonald's in Tucson that, in addition to selling yummy, yummy fries and cheeky McNuggets, also has a real-life-size snarling Tyrannosaurus replica on display. Concern for the life-size replica cropped up earlier this month when a post targeting the T-Rex showed up on the Facebook page of a Christian group called Christians Against Dinosaurs. What an easy group to be a part of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I too am against things that don't no longer exist. <laughs> well, these people, these people are claiming that. Well, here I'll read what the post said. The post read, "They're creationists, right?" Well, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. the post read, "Please help. This McDonald's has this dinosaur and refused to remove it. This is in Tucson, Arizona. Call the manager and demand the removal of this blasphemy." <laughs> the, okay. group's face, the, the group's Facebook page described their mission as to celebrate God's wisdom in denying dinosaurs their existence. <laughs> uh, what, how do they feel about Grimace and the Fry Guys? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And hamburger. Mayor well, McCheese. Let's get rid of that. That's blasphemous towards God. A man can't be a burger. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, though, you know? <laughs> you start I, with the dinosaurs. Next thing you know, you're just you're throwing everybody in the fryer later. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's hard to be against them. And I've eaten at that McDonald's. I know exactly what they're talking about. There is. Like, oh, really? Also, yeah. In Tucson, there's a whole bunch of like, we stopped there for gas on the way to busy. And fucking just, just there's dinosaurs just hanging out in Arizona. And you're like, uh-huh. all right, I guess that's a thing that they're trying to brand. It's, it's weird. It's, it, it is kind of weird, but I wouldn't fight against it. <laughs> I, the thing is, they have a website and it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to tell. It's like, are they fucking serious or is this fucking supposed to be satire and it's one of those i forget we talked about this on the podcast before there's some sort of law where like at some point shit becomes so ridiculous that it's hard to tell if it's satire or real yeah that's that's pose law pose law okay so yeah pose law so it's like i checked their website i checked their page and if it's fake they're doing a very very good job staying in character <laughs> it's 14 <laughs> yeah i mean i i hope it is i hope it is but yeah they, they're very adamant about this dinosaurs never existed thing I, I gotta be honest i'm pretty cool i'm okay if christians taking their anger out on dinosaurs instead of native americans <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's, a lot considered. there's a lot yeah. of them in arizona the last one yeah I think. Yeah, bring all your anti-Native American and gay bigotry and just focus all that hate at the dinosaurs, right? Or, or meet them halfway and just crucify the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> you, know, you know what we could do? Was- we just create another group, but that is just only against gay dinosaurs. So we'd be the more <laughs> liberal yes. anti-dinosaur group because we still accept straight dinosaurs. We just don't <laughs> accept the gay yeah, ones. Yeah, like the good Lord intended. Marriage is between man and a straight female dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can close us out. The McDonald's area supervisor, Lizeth Alvarez, says that the heathen dinosaur is not going anywhere, and it's actually one of the restaurant's main attractions. Yeah, not the food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, man, I can't stop eating this disgusting shit, but I got to <laughs> see that dinosaur, man. <laughs> <laughs> People really seem to like it. It's a landmark, really, said Alvarez, adding the restaurant's owners have taken to dressing their dino up in different holiday costumes throughout the year. In early May, she said the statue got extra attention. <laughs> Wait, stop, 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 stop. Oh. Go back to that last sentence. <laughs> okay, said Alvarez, adding the restaurant's owners have taken to dressing their dino up in different holiday costumes throughout okay, the year. Okay, that is sacrilege. That is sacrilege. <laughs> now you're really mad about this shit. Santa Claus is Rex. No, that's, it's, that's, I mean, an inclusive Jesus would want <laughs> yeah, his, yeah. his new reptilian follower to get in the holiday spirit. Just a dinosaur of giant ash on its forehead. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I like that in Arizona, the Museum for Natural History is also the McDonald's. That is the most yeah, that's right. It's America. That's the future. The Smithsonian is going to be a jack-in-the-box. That's uh, isn't it Tucson? I did Tucson years ago, and people, it's, it's like a college town, right? Isn't there like yeah, Arizona? It's a college, it's, it's actually really artistic. There was a good music scene there for a little bit, yeah. So, this is probably just their anthropology department, <laughs> <laughs> easiest A ever. Yeah. Uh, in early May, she said the statue got extra attention when they covered its nose and mouth with a giant mask to promote pandemic safety. Uh-oh. 
In October, they put a condom on its dick to celebrate AIDS Awareness Month. <laughs> and in February, they fucked the shit out of that Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, no, and in February, it's become a tradition to celebrate Black History Month by putting an afro on the T-Rex and dressing it in traditional blackface attire. Really? The uh, state doesn't recognize Martin Luther King Day. That's okay. Oh, yeah, that was right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, thanks, John McCain. Hey everybody, this is your weekly reminder of all our social media. Please follow us on Facebook. We're on Facebook.com slash Indecorous Comedy. We are on Instagram, same thing, Instagram.com slash Indecorous Comedy. And we are on Twitter, at Indecorous Pod. And if you want to be a baller and support us on Patreon... You can go to patreon.com slash indecorous comedy and we are adding new tiers. We got one, three, seven, ten, twenty, so you got no excuse. And then Bobby's suicide tears. Oh, and yeah. suicide tears. We'll that, bottle those shits. That's gotta be at least you, twenty-one dollars. We're going that's another well, tier. Yeah, yeah. You can use those as anal loop. <laughs> also, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but remember we're on Pornhub, so after you jerk off. And you're feeling guilty about jerking off? Come over to our little website. We're at pornhub.com/users/indecorouscomedy. And speaking of Pornhub, we have a very special thing going on right now. Ian, you want to tell them about it? Oh yeah, baby. So this podcast has now spawned a child, a mini me, if you will. We have a second podcast that just cuts the fat and gets right to the cock. Pornhub comments the podcast. So it's everyone's favorite segment from season one as a podcast we just put that shit in it's like five to ten minutes each episode very add friendly we think it's kind of cool that we can just take a little snip of the tip and respawn a fucking whole new podcast off of it so good reviewers on all that shit itunes spotify give us some likes if you guys just want to stick to the fucking porn shit it's there for you yeah unreal like if you're not into all the foreplay shit you can just <laughs> go straight up into and fucking stick that shit in no lube no lube <laughs> Go straight yeah. into the fucking Pornhub comments. No Lube the Podcast. That's right. That's why we should have called it No yeah. Lube the Podcast. But that was just too easy to spell. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to go into our indecorous deep dive of the night. We build this podcast as an educational comedy podcast. We often all short of the latter but we make sure to deliver on the former so this week we'll be exploring the indecorous history of capital punishment hell yeah if you don't know what that means that means killing people we're off to a good start we've already been talking about killing people so. yeah that's right and bobby wrote this one but as, as you've written just every single one of them when, when you don't write one that's when i'll tell people and bobby you kick it off all right. So sure, we've accomplished a few great things here and there. The pyramids, artificial organs, and a pretty convincing moon landing video. But humans are mostly boring and predictable. Nowhere, however, has our collective creativity been able to shine more than in our ability to find fun new ways to kill each other. Some of these methods were so good they became state-sanctioned, and if you were feeling particularly nice, we even let you pick how you die, like some <laughs> kind of morbid choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> now, I'm sure we're doing better than angry mobs of the olden days, but set aside the fact that upwards of 4% of people sentenced to death in the U.S. are innocent, and buckle up while we talk about some of our favorite methods of execution. Whether by firing squad or a single bullet to the back of the head, shooting someone is a classic form of execution. 
Fortunately, there are still some artists out there <laughs> able to bring their own vision to killing a guy with a gun. Back in the day, some executions were carried out by strapping someone to the end of a cannon, which was then fired and presumably left some witnesses in need of a change of clothes, like Paul Hooper's favorite comedian, Gallagher. <laughs> if you're looking for a modern twist on an old classic, North Korea is reported to have done some executions with anti-aircraft guns. So wait, so so this is what they used to do. They would strap someone to the end of a cannon and then shoot it. So then, yeah. then, then circuses took over it. Yeah, they're like, that looks pretty rad. I'm going to let the fucking little goofy man go fucking fly into the air and elephants will circle around him. Kids will laugh. They'll be merry. Yeah, maybe it all started out as a goof and then they were like, oh, inside the cannon, you know? <laughs> And then North Korea is, is fucking shooting people with anti-aircraft guns. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> we hate this guy so much. We are going to shoot like a 20 plus thousand dollar. <laughs> wow. Just giant. I mean, it's an anti-aircraft. It is meant to take down aircraft. I, I got to be honest. If I was sentenced to die and that was the sentence, I'd probably think it was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like a part of you would be like, man, I don't want to die. This sucks, but that's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. Bragging rights. When, which one would you want, anti-aircraft or cannon? Well, Ooh. in my case, I, I would want the big dick death for the big dick kind of crime. I mean, if I'm going to go out, I might as well do something crazy as fuck and then that'd yeah, be no an epic way to die. Nobody wants to get taken down by a 22 Derringer over a bad poker game, you know? Oh, I would. Absolutely. <laughs> no, like you want a 22 Derringer because it gets the job done. The problem with some of those big guns is they go right through. You, you're not oh. in control of it. 22, it bounces around your skull a little bit and it gets the job done. Wow, it really <laughs> sounds like we got the right person for this fucking execution <laughs> bit. <laughs> Oh, it's a bit. Spoken like a man who's pulled a gun out of a out of a set of boobs or two in his day. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were my boobs. <laughs> That's the best part about it. And I, I wonder though, like in North Korea, when they shoot these people with anti-aircraft guns, do they show everybody? Because that's I would imagine that's the whole point. It's to scare everybody it's from never doing anything right. wrong. Yeah, like a deterrent. So like the news in fucking North Korea must be fucking badass. Yeah, dude. Right? yeah, there's like a newswoman. I think she just recently passed that was like really famous because she basically read all the propaganda, propagandy, propaganda, propaganda. Uh, propaganda says. Yeah, I was thinking of the shitty band. Uh, <laughs> but but she coughed on air and had to go. <laughs> Some. <laughs> she had to be torpedoed. All right, I'll take this next one. One ancient form of execution that sounds so patriotic, we're surprised it's no longer around, is the Blood Eagle. It sounds like a tattoo that a MAGA enthusiast would probably get. Oh, I love the Blood Eagle. The you know what? Yeah, of, of course you know the Blood Eagle. Well, for everybody that's not Jay, this is where the victim's skin was cut by the spine and the ribs were broken so they resembled blood-stained wings. The lungs are then pulled out through the wounds in the victim's back. I, I think Bobby just watched Mortal Kombat and fucking this is isn't this one yeah. of the fatalities in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yeah, no, this all of the horrible shit you've seen in video games were probably inspired by real life ancient events. <laughs> yeah, all the other ancient around. events. Yeah, all that shit happened is because they were bored and they had nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, damn, do yeah, so, so we just do it through video games now, but they didn't have video games. So they were like, hey, let's just actually do this shit. Yeah, they were bringing body art modification to a whole new level back then. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand this. So they, the victim skin was cut by the spine 
and the ribs were broken. God. Yeah, oh my yeah God. the ribs are broken so they can get to the lungs and then they pulled everything out so it resembled wings. And then they would hang them up so it looked like they were flying. Yeah, don't worry, man. We'll get together soon and get some practice. Good Lord. Okay, yeah. I yeah, that wait. one bothers the fuck out of me. That is fucking hardcore. I never heard of that motherfucker. All right, Bobby. Uh, aside from a handful of rappers with comically large machine gun necklaces, only one form of execution is so well known that an homage to it accounts for a good chunk of jewelry sales. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> before the most famous crucifixion that took place sometime just before 1 AD, Spartacus led a slave revolt against the Roman Republic in 73 BC that resulted in a mass crucifixion when it was eventually squashed. 6,000 of his followers were hung on crosses along the 120-mile Apian Way between Capua and Rome. Ah, damn. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking work, man. Dude, yes. Fucking crucifying 6,000 people? Yeah. That's also the same amount of McDonald's to get to Tucson. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I, I applaud them for their commitment to this bit, but... Honestly, six thousand by yeah, the by cleanup work alone. Holy well, shit. dude, by the eightieth, I would have been like, "All right, this is gonna take too fucking long, man." And I think also, also, I think eighty to a hundred proves whatever point you were trying to fucking make. You don't need six thousand of these motherfuckers. Yeah, it's it's like what, like every hundred feet or so. Yeah, exactly. you gotta be able to see the next one. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope they made them at least close to each other enough that they could chat. You know. Dude, that's, that's, that's not as bad as the Mongols. The Mongols would take their prisoners and stack them side by side or head to toe on the ground and then put wooden planks on them and then set up a feast and eat on top of them while they were slowly being crushed to death. Ah, Lord. Wait, so wait, how many, they would put them one on side, one on top of each other? Yeah, they would just stack people flat on their backs and they would uh-huh. just stack them like a plank and then put wooden planks on top of them and then have like dinner tables and just you they would hear their screams as they died while eating like meat and drinking. Yeah. So it's like really high stakes Jenga. Fuck yeah. <laughs> God damn. All right. Well, see, that's what they did that because they weren't Christians like the Romans. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have the decency to just yeah. <laughs> set them up on an axe every hundred feet. All right. They, yeah. actually, they actually had the best answer for that when like Christians were like, this is against God. And they're like, well, God's not stopping us. So he's clearly for us. <laughs> yeah, he's all about it. <laughs> he's like, finally, somebody's getting creative with this shit. <laughs> all right, Ian, you got this next one. All right. One of the more honorable and least painful ways to be executed in the Middle Ages was the beheading, often reserved for nobles, knights, and even royalty. One swift blow with a sharp axe meant a painless death. We also like to imagine a beheading bloopers reel set to Benny Hill music, of course. Sometimes you would get an executioner who would get all metal and hold the head up for the audience to see. (laughs) When the beheading got an update during the French Revolution with the guillotine, I'm sure some old hipsters in the audience talked about how much better the old axe method was. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, dude, the hooded executioner character, I mean, that guy is legendary. Yeah, it was the first form of ventriloquism. (laughs) (laughs) that's how that shit got started yeah nobody talks about jeff dunham's lineage (laughs) you think a terrorist puppet was bad yeah yeah. this was back when ventriloquism was actually funny (laughs) (laughs) no it wasn't even funny it was just respected again that's how bored they were back then (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
This is funny because, yeah, everybody complains about how violent video games are. And it's like, fucking, at least we're just doing it on a fucking TV screen now. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's too much violence in media. We should all be reading our Bibles. Yeah, yeah. All right. So one classic form of execution was to let animals do your dirty work. It made for a good performance. Plus, in a time when famine was a real possibility from year to year, why waste good livestock feeding your lions when you can feed them criminals? If it's an animal you've ever been afraid of, we've probably used it to execute someone. We used to have people trampled by elephants or horses, thrown into snake pits and fed to lions, alligators, crocodiles, piranhas, and sharks. Sometimes they would tie arms and legs to four horses, then have those horses run in different directions to literally tear the person apart. The pieces would then be placed strategically around the town. Nowadays, traveling to another town, you might come across a welcome center with a restroom and a plaque about local wildlife. But back in the day, you would put up rotting limbs to warn shitheads not to fuck with your town. Driving around some parts of this country today can give the impression that, left to a popular vote, some places may still prefer the latter. I was thinking, like, if they put up limbs on all those don't mess with Texas signs, I might take them seriously. <laughs> you know, put yeah, some have... fucking arms and legs up in that motherfucker. It is kind of an extreme way to go to get people not to litter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that's all about. Yeah, that's all that is. Don't mess with Texas means don't litter and... But to show that off, we're going to just bring the bloody parts of our enemies and spread it all over <laughs> to tell you not to litter. That might be the most Texas thing you could do. With Texas, though, I feel like, yeah, don't litter, but we'll also be pissed if you recycle. Like just throw it all in the same trash can or we'll also kill you. And what would be the strategic places around town best suited to put these stakes of human flesh? It's just like the library, the Whole Foods. Yeah, Whole Foods, yeah. <laughs> Always Whole Foods. All right, Ian, you got this next one. All right. Sometimes the method of execution depended on the crime committed. Boiling to death was often reserved for poisoners, coin forgers, and counterfeiters, whereas molten metal would be poured down the neck of someone that was thirsty for wealth. While the latter may have been abolished under the guise of no cruel or unusual punishment, one unfortunate downside is we weren't able to use it on recession-causing investment bankers back in 2008. Yeah. Sometimes I do think that we, we should bring back some of these methods of execution. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I got one. I got a little tip. Uh, right. I think about this way too often. <laughs> you, got, you, got you sounded like you were sitting on a few of them. <laughs> I got a few. Uh, but this one is, like, really important, and I want everyone to know this. Because, like, it, <laughs> if you ever do find yourself tied to the stake and they're about to set it on fire, what you want to do is breathe in as much as possible. Oh, so what happens is the smoke ventilation will make you pass out. You'll end up passing out on the smoke, and you won't feel it as you burn to death. Wow, okay. that is pretty smart. Yeah. Is that the advice you gave your ex-wife before you torched the house? <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do. Next time, we just tell everybody what the execution form is, and then Jay tells us how to get away with it without <laughs> the minimum pain as possible. Do the uh, medieval execution hacks. Yes, that's right. <laughs> what it is. When they, get the, uh, when they get the bugs to burrow in your brain, what you do is you just get a lot of off. Get some off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bobby, you can take us on this last one. 
right, so unlike today, where executions are only attended by family members, priests, and prison staff, they used to be a form of entertainment that people would dress up for or even take a date to. Much like people nowadays don't like a fight that ends in a 10-second knockout, a quick death back in the day would be dismissed as boring. <laughs> All kinds of creative assholery was deployed to prolong that magic moment. There were devices that would slowly crush heads until eyes popped out, giant wheels turned a few inches to break just a few bones at a time, and people were even disemboweled organ by organ Braveheart style so vendors could sell as much popcorn and as many hot dogs as possible. Oh my good old days. Yeah. Now we just have to settle for watching comedians die on stage for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> or be canceled online for three years. Oh, yeah, be yeah. over and over again. <laughs> Can I just get the head crushing death? I don't want to hear about this guy <laughs> jerking off anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you had to choose between these slowly crush your head, giant wheel turn a few inches, or organ disembowelment, which one would you choose? Hmm. The funniest one, probably, I guess. Yeah, that's I would go. Would... I, would, I would go with organ disembowelment and see if they start with the appendix. Oh yeah, you're like, <laughs> ah, like hey, I don't need this. Can you get this? And while you're down there, jokes on you, <laughs> motherfucker. Then get my gallbladder after that. Get some medieval healthcare. Recently, I was thinking about it's in the Constitution: no cruel or unusual punishment. Right, <laughs> but who's to say what's cruel and what's unusual? You know, if we just if we make a crushed heads an everyday thing, then it's not going to be unusual anymore, right? Yeah. Well, not just that, but I'm pretty sure the guy getting murdered is like, hey, this is kind of uh, cruel. <laughs> so that's, that's the, that's the holdup right there. <laughs> yeah, is I it... find this unusual because I don't always die. <laughs> that's the loophole. <laughs> I've never died before, and this thing is making me die. This is definitely not something that's usual in my time. I am not used to dying with my crushed head. <laughs> do you think, how about this? Do you think if we had these shits, they actually would discourage people from committing more crimes? I mean, they didn't then. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing, right? People I, still did this shit. I feel like the molten metal poured down the neck of investment bankers might deter a few of them. <laughs> what stops crime is comfort and complacency for the most yeah. part and, yeah, and yeah. not getting married <laughs> like most of the murders that happen it's someone you know and love <laughs> that's yeah i didn't realize that till my, a cousin of mine he was a cop and i don't know there was some news story about some cop that got killed because he responded to a domestic abuse thing and I was like, oh, you wouldn't think, you know, it was just a domestic abuse call. I was like, nah, man, that's when most people have been fucking killed. This fucking personal passion yeah, fucking the, kills. Yeah, it's the one that loves you and that knows you and knows this person needs to die. Yeah, that's why I try to stay as neutral as possible about everybody that I meet. <laughs> so, so quick question, pause for editing. Are we at the end here? Because I think you missed the two funniest ones. Oh, Were really? They, did we skip? Did we skip a couple? I think you, yeah, dude. I mean, you totally missed like the two best ones. No, I'm not saying they're even on your list. I'm saying that they weren't put on your list. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I basically just copy-pasted everything Bobby sent me. I'll just do a summary of this, this shit, dude. I mean, it's, it's fucking insane. But I, just, I want to add two real quick, because these are my personal uh, favorites anyway. There's not, there hasn't been enough executions Wait. for Ian, so we're adding executions. <laughs> uh, Wait, this one's the best. Um, it's called Poenla Coulier. This is a documented use during the Roman Empire 
they stuffed a person in a sack together with a number of animals in the town, just random fucking creepy animals, and threw them into a body of water. Oh, yeah, yeah. That happened to a lot of, uh, one of the senators. They would put him in a sack with a bunch of animals and throw him yes. in the water? Yes, that's like the funniest one. <laughs> yeah, because the animals panic and claw and bite. Oh, and yes, exactly. Usually with rats. If you do it with rats, they bite and they'll eat through a person. Wasn't there a, a Rambo movie where they put his head with a rat in a sack or some shit like that? Oh, no, you're thinking stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Stop, stop. or my mom will stuff you in a bag of rats and throw you in a river. That's what it was, dude. It's surprising that wasn't a bigger hit. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, actually, that remember, one had Betty White from the Golden Girl. <laughs> my mom took us to see that in the theater. <laughs> Really? How did you yeah. feel about that scene with the rat eating their faces off? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I got one more. My personal favorite is defenestration. It is the act of throwing someone through glass window off the top of a building to their death. And this was pretty popular back in the day. They would take people. Yeah, I think that it was popular in the '80s in every action movie. <laughs> yeah, basically. There's yeah. always the bad, the bad guy in a Bruce Willis film or something. Or, yeah, yeah no, Chuck Norris. I think Delta Force. Yeah. So this is like specifically, you got to throw them out of a window. Yeah, dude. Specifically, out of a window off the top of a building, and. Or it'd be just a, be easier to like open the window, or yeah. I guess I guess if it's a taller building, you can't open the window. Well, it's a union thing, you know. The contractors oh, okay. are like, you know, we, it's, yeah. we're gonna have to replace the window, so you might as well break it. <laughs> the fucking teamsters. <laughs> and it's really. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so feel, this, I feel bad. I feel bad for the window washers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who just spent all that time on that nice window? Yeah. No shit. <laughs> Yeah, and the ones on the ground floor are always covered in blood. Well, the thing is, like, if you throw them through the window, you can always sue, saying that, oh, I didn't know there was a window there. Remember that fucking old dude that threw his grandson off a window in a cruise ship? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a uh, speed two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, right. this is like, it was reserved for people that were in positions of power that fucked up royally, so they would throw them through a glass window off of a big building Make a spectacle out of it, and then I think the Looney Tunes cartoon was inspired by this. And that's but I mean, the thing cartoons. is, like, how how long has that been around? Because the buildings weren't that fucking. T well, I guess it doesn't take that many stories to fucking kill you. I guess. Yeah, back in the day, it was not so many stories, but it got more extravagant till like the middle middle ages when they stopped that shit. I think. All right. Any more executions you guys want to add to this shit? Oh, yeah, th those are my favorite too. I just had to throw those out. There. Did we miss it? How about Jay? You we, did we miss any? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, my one of the coolest ones is the naval ones where they would strap you with rope and then drag you underneath the boat as it was sailing to the other side and then back and forth. Good grief! Was that supposed to I mean? Were you supposed to be drowned just, or or did it actually drowned? Rushed. I mean, sometimes they would tie you to the front of the boat so you, the, it would keep dipping into the water until you drowned to death. And it would just take you in and out over. And it was like waterboarding. So as the boat is bouncing up and down out of the water, you're choking on the water and then wow. coming out. I think a lot of these oh, are just, it's pretty obvious in retrospect that most of these were invented by Time Traveler that was trying to inspire future death metal bands to have kick ass album covers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought we were doing this present-day Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why all old medieval literature is written in uh, that barbed wire font. All right, guys, we're going to go to our last segment of the night. This is Indecorous Laws. We've been doing these things every week or whenever we feel like it. 
We highlight some of the dumber laws in different states of the USA. Most of these are real laws. Uh, some of them are repealed at one point. You know, they're not still laws, but they were laws at some point. Others, sadly, are still on the books. But here's the kicker. One of them, uh, well, I say one of them is a lie. It's not really a lie. I just couldn't verify it. So you guys can guess which one of these uh -oh. I got. I think I got like five or six. These are Kentucky laws. Carlos is going to try stump us. Well, it's like I can't verify all of these. So this one, I, I just added one that's not verified. You guys can guess which one it is. I'll let Bobby read the first one. It's illegal for a person to walk down the street with an ice cream cone in their back pocket. This is also a law in Alabama and Georgia. God damn it. Yeah. We've, we've heard this one before. This, yeah. I mean, it's an yeah. awesome law. I mean, it... Yeah, and I added it because I finally got the source on this, or sauce, as Ian likes Ooh. to call it. Ooh, there we go. Any of you guys have any guesses why this is a thing? Uh, someone had a very angry mother who was tired of washing fudge. Out of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the soccer mom law. No, we, we have not been able to figure this shit out. It's come it's... up a couple of times. This is the latest theory that I read. It was because it was used as a loophole to steal horses. Like people would put ice cream in their back pocket, then the horse would follow the ice cream, oh. and then and then technically it wouldn't be stealing a horse because the thing just followed you. So they created a whole law for this. So yeah, I just I just wanted to add that one because we needed to get to the bottom of that shit. Did not know horses liked ice cream. I didn't. I mean, this is I read it on the internet, so you know, yeah, it's got to be true. All right, Ian, you can do this next one. All right. If you're caught using a reptile in a religious service in Kentucky, you could face a fine of 50 to $100. Uh, or true salvation. <laughs> yeah, I have to call bullshit on this one, Carlos. This is a... Well, it goes okay. against everything I understand about the South and religious people. They love snake handling, faith healers, and I don't know. Yeah, all right. So you're so going with this fish. one as the one, the unverified one. Yeah, th this, is, this is the one I'm calling the, I'm, the BS on. I'm going farce. You're going yes. farce on this one? All right, we still got two more, but you guys are calling. Yeah, I, I'll say this. When I saw this law, I was also very much like, what in the shit? It's Kentucky. Isn't that their whole fucking... Like, yeah, it's God's country. You'd think yeah, snake handling snake is in their fucking state flag, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> Did you guys... Well, Bobby, you grew up Catholic, right? Uh, yeah. How about you, Ian? Like, loosely. I was in the Southern Baptist Church for half a minute, and then... <laughs> yeah, that set me straight pretty fast. How about you, White Cotton? Uh, snake handler. Snake handler. <laughs> just to this day, like he's holding one right now. Well, it wasn't even Christian. It was just snake handler. They just worship snakes. <laughs> it was just another way to make some money off it. <laughs> no, my uh, my dad believed in. Um, my dad was like a a drunk Buddhist Christian Messiah complex. He wanted to lead a cult in a park, and my mom thought something about aliens and shit like that Holy and had shit. schizophrenia. So, like, religion is. <laughs> I've never had a chance in my household. <laughs> <laughs> Too many conflicting ideas. <laughs> yeah, there was only one God, and apparently his name is Dad. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you guys which one's the right answer, but yeah, I was just as surprised as you guys when I heard no using of reptiles in a religious service in Kentucky. I think that's a Kentucky, I think that's a real law because someone fucked up. You know what? Yeah, that's a good point. It was one somebody fucked it, like you said earlier, is that somebody just fucked it up for everybody else. Somebody ruined yeah. the whole snake order. They got hey, and just got like garter snakes or something. Hey Jay, does that oh, dude? Yeah. I was gonna ask you. I've only been to Austin a handful of times, only a couple of times since I've been doing comedy. But the first time I went there, Lizard Man. Yes, that's what I was gonna ask. Is he yeah. still around? Yeah, dude. He's he's one of my best friends, man. No uh, shit, gonna, really. Yeah. Can yeah, you tell? Well, just... let's tell the audience who this guy is because. 
Okay. Uh, well, I call him Eric. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it gives me so much joy. This is the lamer version of that. Uh, you know, I'm from Charlotte, live in Charlotte. And yeah. Carrot Top is from here. Oh, fuck yeah. So, so, I, so I know a lot of people that call him Scott. So that's the, Okay, no, no. I, I totally feel you on that one. Carrot yeah. Top is... Well, I'll, I'll back off. I don't want to steal your time with my carrot top theories. No, uh, no, we can talk. We can talk carrot top theories. But I was just like, there's a dude in Austin that fucking looks like a goddamn lizard. All right, like he's like a genius, full on, full on lizard. And so Jay knows him well enough that he calls him Eric. Meanwhile, in Charlotte, there used to be a human being that goes by Carrot Top, which many people call Scott. So I would say a white cotton story is a lot fucking cooler than mine. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I mean, this guy was the first one to fork his tongue. He went all out. He did Ripley's. He opened up for Slayer on Jägermeister tours. But he's also like a sideshow genius. He knows all the history of that. But beyond that, he's like an actual genius. He loves etymology and the, the origin of words. No shit. Uh, he can, yeah, he can talk endlessly about trans issues and biology. He's also a fan of Discordiaism and uh, Robert Anton Wilson, which is how we kind of bonded, which is a guy who wrote the sci-fi novel in the 70s called The Illuminati, and he's all about reality tunnels and, and shit like that. It, he, it's endlessly fascinating to talk to him. That's awesome. But also, he's a lizard. So <laughs> we, we did a festival in I stayed with him in Australia. We were doing a festival and there's a lot of Asians that go to Australia in their summer. And we would go to the zoo and it was just so much fun watching all these Asians walk by looking at him and getting hungry. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was That's this so weird funny. running gag I have of him that I don't think he enjoyed the gag at all, but I laughed all the time because <laughs> all these Asians would walk by and they would just start smacking their lips a little bit. And just <laughs> not sure what to make of him. Like, is this guy a delicacy? Because he looks like all their dishes. I mean, but yeah, he's literally like his, I don't know if his entire body, because I've only seen like his face and shit, all but it's of it. all tattooed of it. green, like with scales sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. his tongue is forked, uh, the whole thing. If I looked like that and I was ever just hanging out with people out like on a patio or something like that, I would just be constantly moving towards better light and seeing if they caught on to the bit. No, you no, know? he like he, he well, that goes away quick. And uh, he, he the, the thing that I really admire about him is that he's committed to the bit. He came from a good family, a good military family, still loves his dad. So it's not a rejection of anything. He honors the tattooing. He honors the history of it and the heritage of it. And when people people come up and which happens because he's globally famous yeah when people come up to him they want to take pictures even if it's a bad day he'll spend time he'll take the time out and go yeah no, this is part of the thing and explain to each one of those people that it'll be twelve hundred dollars he does all that shit for free it's, it's, it's <laughs> he's, a, he's an incredibly good person yeah that's cool to hear that he's a cool dude man i just yeah i did an open mic there ages ago and uh and he was there yeah, he was terrible at stand-up. <laughs> I don't actually, I can't say anything because I can't remember what he. Dude, I did a show with him, and the comic had this really cheesy, corny bit about, and I can't believe he said this. He uh, and didn't catch on to this because I had to follow him because he followed the lizard man or something mm -hmm. like that. And one of his bits, he was talking about, "I'm not racist. I don't care if you're." Uh, the same cliche, white, brown, yellow, or green, blah, blah, blah. And here is an actual green person in the show. And he didn't catch on to it. And I was just dying. Uh, like, Why dude, that was that? the one time. <laughs> you could have said, I'm only racist towards green. Thi oh. Yeah, I don't care about yellow, brown, purple, but fuck this guy right here. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> do, do I have a quick second to talk about Carrot Top real quick? Yeah, dude. Okay. I know we're on the internet and there's not enough room on the internet. We're going to have to preempt the next podcast that's coming after ours. 
right. Okay. Uh, I have a weird theory about Carrot Top, and it, it stems through what is progress in art, what makes art. Okay, so why is Elvis Presley heralded as a great artist? Because uh, he married a 15-year-old. And he was good-looking. And the ladies well, looking. he stole all the black yeah. people's music. Uh, he took black rhythm and blues, and with country western put together, you have rock mm. and roll. Ray Charles is heralded as a genius for taking R&B and putting gospel with it and putting it together. So a lot of our arts, even if you look at some, like Jackson Pollock and mixed media and stuff like that, it's taking established things, putting them together to create something new. Well, who does that better than Carrot Top? Go on. If Carrot Top was a modern artist, like in the style, he would be our version of Andy Warhol. All his stuff. Andy Warhol did the, a lot of similar shit, a lot of weird, wild shit. Having the cameras just on your face so you broke, doing weird stuff with bananas for a fucking album cover. Here's a banana. Here's a Campbell's soup can. Uh, what's this? It's in theory, a lot of that sentiment of artistry is in Carrot Top's work. But the fact that he's trying to make you happy and make you laugh, we don't consider him an artist at all. We actually dismiss him. So if he was trying to make more earnest points, do you think he'd be regarded as a artist no not if he made a earnest points i think if he did the exact same thing but presented it in museums not theaters or comedy clubs oh that's you know what he'd be like a master satirist he would be a Gary larson what about instead of being a prop comic if he was a slam poet with props well i mean that would i would just kill him that would be the worst <laughs> but most importantly what method would you use <laughs> yeah. there's so many choices now i would throw him in the sack with the animals i'm throwing him in a sack with carrots does he have any like living props that you could just toss in there <laughs> well i mean we shit on this guy but his only crime is trying to make people happy and being very successful at it like that's the problem i have with comedy is that we're looked on with disdain and to the side like oh all comics are peter pan syndromes and all that bullshit when who do you need to fucking make you laugh who do you come to yeah yeah i was thinking about that just too also in the sense of uh, a lot of comics are out of basically and if at least if you're a touring comic you haven't worked in a long time most of us there, there's definitely some that bigger comics i mean fucking brian regan i'm sure is not hurting right now but comics that aren't at that level so a lot of us have had to collect unemployment benefits and some people are like, well, what the fuck? If you had a real job, if you did something useful, you wouldn't have to collect unemployment. Meanwhile, a lot of these people that during the COVID thing had to stay at home, what they did, well, I'm actually, even before that, they'll spend hour upon hour watching Netflix and watching fucking, every, yeah. watching every Hulu and television and movies. Like, who do you think made that shit? It was artists. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield wasn't the only guy that didn't get respect. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All right, we got two more laws, and we're going to wrap it up. Bobby, you can do this next one. Right. A state law stipulates that a person is considered sober until he or she can no longer stand up. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I can't imagine that's still the law, but yeah, that's how they <laughs> judged if somebody, I guess before breathalyzers. Yeah, before the original segue. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Joe's like, all right, you can still stand up. Well, you're fucking still good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how my dad got out of a lot of DUIs growing up. <laughs> yeah, if you have a baby in the car or a toddler, they're not going to arrest you. You'll be fine. Just always have that. <laughs> you got to get that kid home. That's the yeah, hack. Cops yeah. don't want to take an annoying kid to the police station to do the paperwork. They don't. Yeah. 
you don't know how many times I saw a cop look at my eyes scared because I didn't want to die because my dad was drunk and screaming about the Alamo and slapping himself in the face. And the cop's like, well, just hurry home. (laughs) Just get home as fast as possible. He's been awful squirty today, if you know what I mean. (laughs) All right, sir, just drive as fast as possible. All right, and this is the last one. One One-year prison sentence for throwing tomatoes at public speaker. Any person who interferes with any person addressing a public audience within this state by the use of insulting or offensive language or opprobrious epithets. I had to look that word up. Apparently it just means insults and shit. Applied to the speaker or who attempts to interrupt or injure the speaker by throwing missiles of any kind at him shall be fined 50 to $500 in prison 6 to 12 months or both. Sweet, so no hecklers. Yeah, man, that's against that's free speech, man. They're trying <laughs> yes. to cancel me. <laughs> Yeah, and of all places, I would not have thought of Kentucky being the one that would ban throwing tomatoes at a fucking stand-up comedian. Dude, think about when that was the popular thing. Like in the Great Depression, if you suck so bad, people took yeah. food that they needed to right. survive <laughs> and threw it at you because your art was so bad. Yeah, I would rather starve <laughs> than have to listen to you talk for another minute. <laughs> I don't want to hear any L.A. open micer ever bitch again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, dude. There used to be... Oh, actually, uh, Bobby went up there with me in Asheville, North Carolina. Remember the Tomato Tuesday show? Yeah, the gong show. They would fucking... The whole premise of the open mic was if you didn't like the comic on stage, you could throw, what was it, like a plush tomato? Is that what it was? Into a gong, and they could literally gong you off the stage, was the whole premise of the open mic. Yeah, it was fucking brutal, dude. Here's a better premise. How about you fucking shoot the promoter in the book? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, dude. I was like, why? No, dude. This is fucking not a good fucking... I mean, I guess every every fucking comedy show has to have a gimmick now. Well, so that was their yeah. fucking gimmick. But I'm like, no, fuck. And then, I mean, uh, they, were, they were just a few years away from being naturally canceled by appropriating the gong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> San Antonio got national exposure for that. We were making fun of this dude who was like a quasi-rapist, this guy who would like wear sleeveless shirts, who went to jail for fraud and changed his name to Anthony Torino because he watched that Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, I'm not even kidding. They would like teach a workshop and teach people how to make rape jokes. Like this guy sucked. This guy was the worst. But also beside record of assaulting women, he uh, created this open mic called The Bomb Squad that was just uh, where the audience could throw bombs at the comedians and put them in timeout jail for being not funny. And then they would do audience interviews in between comics to talk about whether they oh, were good Jesus or not. Jesus Christ. Or, and people could yeah. offer advice about whose act they could be doing so as to not be... Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, guys, that's our show, huh? We did it. <laughs> it felt like a chore, yeah, but I enjoyed right. it. <laughs> exactly, that's how I feel. <laughs> Except with, you know, without the enjoy part. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, ah, oh, look at all this freshly cut grass. Well, I always feel weird because, like, I, I kind of know Carlos. I don't, I don't know you other guys, but it, you guys sound really cool to hang with. And uh, I wish it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you, dude. What's it look like in Austin and just Texas in general as far as doing shows? Well, Austin is cowering in fear until Joe Rogan gets here. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that where uh, he's moving? I knew he was going I, to Texas. I didn't know it was Austin. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he's moving to Austin. He's going to open up a club here. And and I like Joe Rogan. That's pretty awesome, actually, yeah. It is awesome, but I am not looking forward to the horde of douchebags 
inspired to do open mics. Oh, God. God, yeah. There's a lot here. Like, I, I had to get into a fucking fight with uh, this dude that was trying to do a pay to perform because he saw oh. it in L.A. So he opened up a room in a, an abandoned side of town and was charging comics $5 to perform for other comics. Uh, there was no audience. Yeah. Yeah, so like that shit's going to be opening up. But yeah, I've been able to do some stuff. Uh, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, and uh, Arlington, the improvs are operating. And I've just been working on stuff through that. And uh, to me, like I'm going to probably do the Looney Bins in the next couple of months and record in December. Like a 30-minute thing of just the jokes this year, just so it's done. But yeah, man, like Texas doesn't give a fuck. That's kind of like, well, North Carolina does, but South Carolina is like the fucking Wild West, except it's it's South Carolina, so everything sucks. So it's like, it's not as, it's not as great. It's the, it's, it's the worst comics putting on shows in Italian restaurants (laughs) and charging 20 to $30 for tickets. So right, right now, standup is being controlled by the big headliners are still able to do some club work here and there and the shittiest comics and all the good ones are the ones that are like, well, I don't want to infect my grandmother right. or anybody else. So they're not. Dude, right. I've, I've seen people charge like $10 for zoom open mics. Oh, wow. It's yeah. fucking disgusting. The frauds that are coming out of this, I can, I can only speak out against them so much, man. It's just it's too yeah. much. I think it's like, honestly, it's, for some people anyway, it seems more like desperation and just lunacy. Yeah, they were doing it day one. Yeah. <laughs> day one, there were these people that that never had acts, that were never doing shows, suddenly starting these Zoom shows yeah. on the first yeah. day with their Venmo's. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, yeah, yeah. no one does. Hold yeah. I, was, I was, and I was just thinking about this recently. I Last year I was doing, I had this idea, I called it Comedy by Proxy, where I would tell people. I loved that idea. Okay, I don't know if you saw when I posted about it, where it was basically people that were too scared to get on stage. Send me your joke. I'll fucking take the bullet for you. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. But can't do that anymore because everybody's just a Zoom comic now. Everybody can just fucking get in front of a camera and tell the jokes. And oh, look, they're a comic now. Dude, I I posted an hour video because I kept getting asked to do Zoom shows, stand up shows. Like I'll do podcasts and like game shows all day. Those are fun. But for all the stand-ups, I posted a video of an hour of me watching Family Guy and Rick and Morty. <laughs> I said, just cut to this if you want an audience or cut to this That's as a performer. <laughs> I'll just play guitar watching it. I'll pet a cat. I'll smoke uh-huh. pot. And none of them got the bit, which I thought was offensive <laughs> and like, you shouldn't be doing comedy at all. And on the other side, this girl who, who's kind of fragile, she's an improviser. She's always wanted to do stand-up. Oh, and she's, no. when I say it, she's, she's Twitter fragile, if that gives yeah. you an idea of what I'm talking about. Oh, dude. Sweet person, always well-meaning, but just always willing to fall apart over, you know, every right. little thing. She was, like, sending me the nastiest messages, like, I, I, this is my dream. I was just working my way to, to yeah. do stand-up and blah, blah, And I had to say, I was like, listen, honey, that's not stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. When the world's better again, I will back you a thousand percent to let you pursue this terrible, terrible dream. But until then... Exactly. I'll get you on stage at Rogan's Club. <laughs> what? Uh, by the way, I was going to ask you, like, did you release your special? Yeah, I did. Where can people uh, uh, check I, it out? It, right now, it's on uh, YouTube. Just like my name, Jay Wycott, and it'll come right up. I'm editing it. I was editing it today to put on Amazon Prime because I got into it with Comedy Dynamics and found out they're completely full of shit. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not dealing with industry anymore. I'm, I'm talking a little bit to, I guess, someone sent it to Paul Provenza, and he was interested in maybe, I don't know, okay. we'll find out. 
I'm just at the, I'm at the point now where I just don't give a shit. Anytime something becomes an industry, we're the ones that get fucked. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true, man. And I'm just tired of supporting that. You don't need to support right. that. Yeah. There, Good for there, you, dude, man. Yeah. And there have uh, been like enough examples in recent years of people that have been able to bypass that and still, and, and prove your point. Well, I don't think, well, me bypassing it doesn't make a difference. Comedy dynamics and stand-up records, that label, they don't promote your stuff. They don't have like a marketing strategy that's going to be beneficial for you. And they certainly don't care about what you're putting out. Like in my special, I was trying to make fun of comedy specials. So I, I, I did a couple of things. I made it super black and white. So you have to kind of struggle to see it a little bit. So you'd focus more on the bits. I broke it up into different parts. And I alluded to the fact, like there's a part where there's a Red Fox clip playing while I'm still speaking. <laughs> but it's only for deaf people to tell blind people I look like Red Fox. It's, it's a little meta. But it is funny in the moment because I, whatever, I, I don't want to spoil it, but like the notes I was getting back was, are you legally allowed to do this? Can you say Betty White is dead? Like, <laughs> like all these little side jokes mm -hmm. that I was putting in there, they were just ripping apart. And I'm like, guys, this isn't for you. Right. I'm not going to change the look. I'm not going to change the thing. You clearly didn't watch this. You just found out about my name and you want me to pay to do all the work for you. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I went through that a little bit. I mean, at a much smaller scale before I released my last album where I was like, okay, should I release this through a label or just do it independently? And I hit up several people that were on labels and they were like, man, if you can just do it yourself, just do it yourself, dude. Because here's, here's why you should do it yourself. Do it yourself first because all the money you get initially is from your fan base that you work to earn and built. That's yeah. it. Then if someone wants to buy it, then once you've milked it for all it's worth, then you go, yeah, you can buy it. But then if you put it on a label, the only reason to put it on any label is if you have a guarantee they're going to put you on Sirius Satellite XM Radio. Yeah, and that's basically why I was even exploring it. It's because they would have an end that I don't have just independently. Yeah, but you would have to put that in the contract. You would have to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Well, Jay, thanks so much for doing the podcast, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. Anytime, every time. You guys are rad. I had a really fun time. Thank you. Do any social media or anything you want to plug, dude? I don't plug my own stuff. I'll plug uh, this dude, Casey Aurora, out of New York. Oh, I've met Casey. Casey's a, he's one of us. He's working yeah. hard. He was just up for an AMC job to host some Walking Dead type show. Here's what <laughs> fucked him. They went through his Twitter history, oh, and they found okay. a post about him discussing the N-word. He didn't say the N-word. He was discussing this person that used the N-word. It was a story at the time, and they fired him from an $80,000 uh, job because God, of that. Yes. So shit, dude. I'm putting his name out there because he's very funny. He just put his album out on one of the labels and he's hustling and working his ass off. And I hope good shit happens for him because that, that really pisses yeah, me off. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I met I met him up in, uh, he was doing a spot in Detroit. At, you know Mike Stanley? Did you ever meet Mike Stanley? Yeah, I love Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I love Mike too. Mike used to book a room up in, in Detroit and KC was coming through and I met him there. And yeah, that dude's great. Fucking legit. Good. Yeah, we got we to gotta look after our own. Absolutely, dude. All right, Jay. Thanks a lot again, man. Always. Glad you survived the COVID, bro. Yeah, don't die. Oh, hey. Uh, if I can end this, I apologize for yelling at the woman who was asking about Peter Pan syndrome. Peter Pan syndrome. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was clearly projecting. It was, it was just projecting. I don't have a box frame for my bread, and I'm tired of the judgment from people who trash underneath their bed like crazy and uh that's not, that wasn't her fault well she sounded like she was from kentucky if you know what i mean 
that's our show for tonight. We learned about crazy deaths. Uh, we, we learned even more than I expected we were learning. Uh, apparently, fucking Ian and Jay are really into this shit. <laughs> yeah, did we have the deep cuts yeah. of crazy deaths I mean, just at the ready? Did you, hear, did you hear how offended Ian got when we left out like a couple of deaths? You had to Dude. fucking add them on. <laughs> I'm telling I've, you, I've never, I've never heard Ian more offended about us leaving out stuff from the yeah, deep dive. He, he's almost as passionate about crazy deaths as uh, Chimo. Yeah, <laughs> or it, it's almost, it's almost like we were talking about autism or something. <laughs> I'm telling you, dying by fucking throwing your shit in a sack of animals and have the animals scratch you up. I mean, that <laughs> that just makes me giggle and so happy on so many different levels. You had to put that in there. Dude, I it just reminded me of the time when I stayed with. My best friend at the time's like mom's house in Florida one one summer, and they had an animal trap, and they, just for like shits and giggles, like oh we're gonna set up this animal trap, and we did not plan for the most vicious raccoon in the world getting caught in this fucking thing, and so there's a picture floating around out there of us like all dressed up in hockey gear that she had in the garage, so we could get like a string on this thing and l- let go. We had to then we didn't want to just like shoot it or drown it or something. Thing. so we just had to let <laughs> let this fucking rabid raccoon go yeah Damn and then it, and then it killed like 15 people after that <laughs> i think it's more like 17 but yeah <laughs> i swear to god though there is a movie out there where maybe it wasn't a rambo movie i think it might have been like a chuck norris where he's like a prisoner of war and they put a bag over the guy's head with a rat in it and then the rat chomps the prisoner's head all to oh. death you know, Shit, actually, yeah. I, I think it might have been like more than one rat. So then, so so then they put it on Chuck Norris, and Chuck <laughs> Chuck Norris just bites the fuck out of those rats, dude. <laughs> they take the take the bag out, and like the rats are dead, but he's still fucking fine. Dude, that is so fucking manly. I swear to God, that yeah, guy dude. is like the mascot of masculinity. I'm gonna have to look up what movie that was, but I remember watching it as a little kid, and fucking, I still remember it, so it left an impression. <laughs> Yeah, that that whole caged wild animal thing. Uh, I mean, we do. There were like f- six of us just terrified of this fucking <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> we all like, like you know, like I said, like hockey sticks and bats and shit. Yeah. By contrast, Bobby is not the mascot of male masculinity. Quite the opposite. No, no, male femininity. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Ian, you got any last words? I think I'm just going to get some figurine dinosaurs and set them all over churches to piss people off because apparently oh, Christians yeah. are scared of dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, you got to fucking trigger those motherfuckers. Bobby, you got any last words? Just Very reminiscing good. about other animal encounters. Yeah, yeah. Keep thinking up stories of animals that have made you piss your pants and you can talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> and we'll keep humiliating yeah. you on the air. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. And... Follow me online. I'm on Twitter at Carlos underscore Valencia. And walk your cat. Walk your cat. cat. You can't say dumb Kentucky state laws without saying dumb cunt.